welcome to Epiphany Fellowship's podcast, where our goal is to see people everywhere show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. We pray that you are blessed and encouraged by today's message and will allow the Word of God to dwell in you richly. Hallelujah. How many of y'all are glad to be here today? Oh, you can do better than that. I ain't seen y'all in a while. I'm like the lady in the meme. Y'all know the meme. She out there like this. I'm trying to see everybody in the kingdom. Y'all look good. Y'all look great. And I am so honored for us to be able to gather again. Uh, it is, it's, it's just nothing like it. I don't care what anybody says. I know um, things have changed and culture has switched, but it is good to, 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 to in a sanitized way, touch a hand. Amen, and put some sanitizer on it afterwards, you know, to hug a shoulder and spray some Lysol on you right there with the shoulders touched. But I'm so glad, um, <laughs> you know, um, you know, it, it's, it's two things we're working through. We're working through safety and mental health. And, um, and, it, and, it's, and it's, it's healthy for us to see each other, to see the look in each other's face once more. So I don't take this for granted. I'm glad to see my people, all my good people. And so I'm glad to be here today and thank the God of heaven. My wife wasn't able to be here. My daughter um, is a little under the weather, not COVID. She tested negative, but she's there. So shout out to y'all believe. What you doing here, Pastor? Get out of here right now. Um, but, but no, it wasn't COVID. She's good. But I um, just um, want to acknowledge her. I want you to um, say this. Oh, for, first off, before we do anything, I want you to pull out your phones. I want you to run and tell people that the stream is back up. If you can share the stream on Facebook, wherever, just real quick, this is your only time you have permission to be on social media during the service. Let everybody know if you can. Um, your, your, your whole situation. If Epiphany, just go to Epiphany, Facebook, share it on everything. Copy, paste on Twitter, uh, post it to your stories, whatever you got to do. Um, uh, we're back live, and so just put it wherever you can. Um, Why are you doing that? I want you to repeat after me. Simplicity, faithfulness, edification, and equipping. That's our focus this year, y'all. And so don't you forget that as we're filling that out, Simplicity. We're trying to simplify things as great as possible. We'll be talking a little bit about some of that today. Simplicity, faithfulness. Uh, we want to be consistent and excellent. Um, edification, build you up. Equipping, we want to get to work on people being able to be in the right position of where God wants them to be so that we can live out our purpose as a gospel community. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. All right. Uh, turn with me to Acts chapter 2 verses 42 through 47. Acts, the second chapter. Verses 42 through 47. We are still in our simplicity series. All right. Well, let's read. I'll read with you. One, two, Three, let's go. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed them, the proceeds, to all as any had need. Every day they were devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Today, I'd like to talk about briefly in our time together. It is good. Somebody say, it is good, it is good. For, believers for believers to be together. To be together. Yes. yes. Yes, it is good for believers. How many of y'all agree with that? It is good for believers to be together. Let's go before the Lord. Father God, we thank you and we bless you and honor you for your matchless grace. And God, we don't take gathering for granted. 
Um, there are those who are persecuted and are, they're forced not to be together. They have to figure out how to be together. And those of us who are dealing with a pandemic, we have to be cautious in our being together. But Lord, whenever we get to be together, we thank you because you said if two or three are gathered in your name, you are there in the midst. And so since there are so many in here today, God, we know that you are in our midst. And so let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in the sight of the triune God. Oh God, our strength and our redeemer in whom we trust. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Everybody agree with that? Say it. My son just slipped out. I wanted to wish him happy birthday today. My son turned 13. Nehemiah turned 13. Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of God. It's good uh, for believers to be together. It's been a while uh, since many of us and other churches have gathered, it's, some churches are still closed right now. It's natural family that we feel some level of distance and even loneliness. It is. One of the things that I've graciously heard, graciously heard from people, people say so much is that I miss being in the gathering. I, I've heard that so much and that, that, that's a good feeling to have. And I think that is super important. But I want us uh, to miss more than being together. That's what I want us to do. I want us to miss more than being together. I want us, I want, because in the verses that we're talking about, uh, we see that our gatherings are only a part of what we do as the church. And being the church includes that and so much more. And so we have to balance safety and comprehensive health. You know, my wife and I had a chance to go on a free cruise. Yeah, amen, but we couldn't go. Yeah, I asked the doctor. I said, you know, a few weeks ago, he was like, you can go on a free cruise. All you got to do is get there. And I was like, I, I spoke in every tongue available to the humankind. You know, I was happy. And then I talked to her doctor. I went and I said, doc, is it okay? Because it's only going to be a third full, you know what I'm saying? And me and my wife going to get to go. We ain't going nowhere for our 24th anniversary. We ain't been out enough. We ain't, we ain't gone nowhere. Can we, can we, can we, can we go? Be alone, no kids, far away. <laughs> and she was like, you can do what you want. But I'd say because of her immunosuppression, she thought. I'm like, I ain't want to hear all that, right? And it broke my heart because I, I wanted to experience that with her. So we ended up going somewhere closer. So all of us have in some way dealt with some type of indebitable disappointment because of the pandemic. And we are seeing, uh, uh, you, you know, and, and we are learning. One of the things that we're learning the most during this time, I think we need to focus on this, is why God said to Adam, it is not good for man to be alone. Don't you feel that more than ever? You, you know, it's not just about marriage. It, it, that's not what it was about. And we'll talk about that a little later. But, it, but, it, but, it, but, it, but it's, it's, not, it's not merely for marriage. And it's, it's for community. It's for company. It's for companionship. It's for glorification. It's for purpose. And it's for mission. So when we look about it, it's not good for us to be alone. There are things that we can't do through Zoom. You know, Zoom is fun. We went out with a friend the other day, and she said, brother, I'm sick of Zoom. Zoom and his cousin, the other ones, all, all, every last one of them. You name one thing that involves a camera, I hate the whole family, right? Because I do that all day, and they own a big house, and they're alone, and they were just talking about, as a single person, the effect of the pandemic on them. And, 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 and we were just making some suggestions and had a great, a great, great conversation. But it's affected us all. But I believe us coming together is going to reinvigorate us in so many ways. It's going to reignite us spiritually, but it's also going to reignite some endorphins. Y'all ain't talking back to me. <laughs> I, 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 I'm believing that God is going to do so much during this time to really set us on a great course for us to have even more effective and enjoyable time. And so what's interesting in the book of Acts here, uh, this is a historic book about the acts of the Holy Spirit. People say the acts of the apostles, but it's the acts of the apostles by means of the Holy Spirit. And so if you read the book of Acts and you only see the apostles, you miss the book. 
because the Holy Spirit is really the providential overt and covert hand actively doing one thing, glorifying Jesus. The Holy Spirit is, 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 is very attracted to the aromatic notes of Jesus' name being exalted. I don't know if you've ever said hallelujah and praised his name and lifted up the name of Jesus for a while and you began doing it. See, some of y'all ain't never did that before and then something started to rise up on the inside of you and you ain't know what in the world that was that was going on with you because the Holy Spirit is attracted to Jesus getting glorified and what he does, he said, oh, Jesus being glorified over there. Oh, y'all glorifying Jesus. Oh, here I come. And then all of a sudden he gets all in the midst and that's why so much powerful happened in the book of Acts because they made Jesus' name great and as they made Jesus' name great he moved in ways that no one could move in their life and move mountains and listen they did this in the midst of challenges in the midst of frustrations and in the midst of coming in and out of pandemics their pandemics was different their pandemics was getting their behinds whooped <laughs> you know and so, and so we're going to see so many beautiful things in this text that really encourage us that it's good for us to get together. The simplicity of it even. I got 1.1.0 only. The church is at its best when it functions as a community versus individuals. The church is at its best um, when it functions as a community versus individuals. Um, as we read this text, uh, most of us read the Bible individually. But most of what's in the Bible isn't individual, it's communal. Most of the you in the Bible, when it comes to specific things, is you plural. It's really y'all. You know, it's, it's country, you understand? It's usually y'all. Uh, 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 us, you, you see us and we. You, you, you see these, these plural pronouns a lot because these plural pronouns show us really the dimensions of what our existence is supposed to be for and why we do need each other and why it's so important. So look, check it out. Um, they devoted themselves. It didn't say I devoted myself. Notice that. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship. Y'all need to underline that. I'm going to talk about that. <laughs> it says the fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Now, the apostles teaching this is beautiful because this is something simple. We need to not be afraid to pass down what Jesus has taught. Why is that so important? Because the Great Commission calls us to pass down truth from generation to generation. But we're getting in a context. Now, now what I like about this is they devoted themselves to it no matter what was going on in the culture. In other words, they didn't let the culture dictate, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but they didn't let the culture's shifting pluralism, postmodernism, and decentralization of truth from God get in the way of their commitment to gospel mission and truth of what the word of God says. And so, so a devotion wasn't just to, 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 to just general devotion. It was specifically to what Jesus said and sacrificially trying to figure out what in the world does it look like to live practically a life like Jesus Christ. And so that's the exhortation for us, family, is how do we begin uh, 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 to take in the nutrients of the things that Jesus was taught? Stuff like, he, guess what they taught them stuff like? Love your enemies. Ouch, ouch. Ouch to the ouch. You know, it says uh, he didn't revile when reviled at, but he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. That means one of the teachings of the Christian faith that disciples do is we don't fight battles for ourselves. Ouch. <laughs> if, if you loan somebody money, don't ask for it back. That's the verses we said. That ain't the part of the Great Commission. That's not in the Bible. The Bible say, pay what you owe. That's what it say. But we will forget. If somebody asks you for their cloak, give it to them. We put like, well, that's figurative language for. <laughs> Why am I saying this? Because, because, because being Christ-like was so practical. But it was communally practical in ways that you'll see the nutrition of it. Uh, work its way into uh, 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 the lives of the believers. And so that's why he says they were devoting themselves 
to the apostles' teaching. And so when you become a new believer, you know, it's just interesting. I mean, when I first started walking with the Lord, I was hungry. I was biting disciple makers' arms off. Because I was superlatively hungry for what they were saying. And that's what you're seeing here. These people have just trusted Jesus Christ with their Lord, as their Lord and Savior. And there was an intensity of hunger. One of the things I'm praying for us is that we would redevelop an intensity of hunger for God again. A hunger again. Because it's one thing to hear teaching and say amen and hallelujah. But it's another thing to get the teaching and do something with it. So devotion to teaching doesn't mean I agree with it informationally and verbally. Only. It, devotion here has to do with activity based on ingestion. That's so important. So your devotion to it isn't that you tweeted about it. Your, 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 your devotion to it isn't if you reposted a meme about it. Your, 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 your devotion to it isn't that you watched a couple of videos on it and you liked it a lot. It, 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 your devotion to it isn't that you got on Clubhouse and you got mad at somebody for what they were saying and, and, and everything like that. It, and what you DM, no, 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 no. It's about what you as a believer in community with other believers say, I'm going to commit myself to this because it's easy to be theologically and biblically astute on the informational level, but I told you information without uh, implementation leads to spiritual constipation. But information with implementation leads to transformation and application. Are y'all hearing me today? And so this is, this is the beauty of us being community, ready to work. So what, 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 what is it? I don't want to get ahead of myself. So what is it? Yes, we're gathered. Now what? That's what I want us to feel. I want us to feel <coughs> that I don't want us to feel that we're together and that's it. And that's the only thing we're going to do is open things up. We're opening up more than Sunday morning when we open up. And we're going to talk about that in a second. We're so much more because I hope your heart has opened up too. And mine too. And I'm excited for our hearts to be opened up because there's nothing like a believing community that ingests truth and want to do something about what they're learning and what they're developing in so that you're, not, you, you're, not exper- you're experiencing a level of transformation that you've never seen in your life before. That's what I'm trusting for you and I today. But I like this. Listen to what he said. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, <laughs> but then guess what they did? They devoted themselves, the devoted goes over. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Then you say again, they devoted, my English teachers should know, that goes to the next stuff. They devoted themselves to the fellowship. This is fire. Now, 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 it didn't say to fellowship. now, Now, you have to understand in their day, Fellowship and even the word church wasn't a special word. Ecclesia just meant uh, assembled ones. But when Jesus says upon this rock, I will build my church, he meant his assembled ones. Now, his assembled ones, you usually, uh, an assembly is a particular gathering that's gathered around a particular purpose led by a particular figure. Our assembly is different, meaning that when he says they were devoted to the fellowship, they weren't devoted to every other fellowship out there. Because that's why the Bible says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. What does that mean? It doesn't mean don't hang around lost people. That's not what it's saying. And it's also not talking about merely marriage and dating. That verse is so much bigger than that. (laughs) When it talks about do not be unequally yoked, it means taking, Jesus said, uh, uh, um, come to me all you who are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. So what is that yoke? The yoke of a life pattern after plowing behind Jesus Christ. That's the beauty of it. Now, when we look at them committing themselves to the, to the fellowship, it has two dimensions and then some sub-dimensions. Are y'all listening to me today? The top dimension is it's Christian fellowship. Christian. <clears throat> meaning, meaning that I want to prioritize in my life and putting myself in a position to say, hey, I want those who, because the word fellowship means to partner or, or have something in common at the deepest level. 
That's, that's what it means. Have something in common at the deepest level. In other words, uh, you, can, you can hang with people, but you don't fellowship with everybody. Oh, y'all ain't listening to me. See, hanging with somebody, you can chill with your friends from back in the day. You can do it unless you, you, unless you need to fall back a little bit because you know how you are. You know, don't blame them for everything that you do when you wild out. You can blame you because it's not them that made you do it in the first place. It's you being around them and you being influenced by them, not being strong enough, so you may not need to be around them. That's why. That's, anyway, so. So, so, so hanging around somebody is, hey, we went downtown, we hung, we went to the mall, boom, 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 we cool. Fellowship is different. The fellowship is different because the fellowship is intimate contact with other believers, with Jesus at the center and calling the shots. Y'all ain't like that last part, did you? Jesus at the center and calling the shots. That's, I don't know if y'all remember that, that old song. Call a shot, call a 20-inch blip. Y'all remember that? My bad. I went back. Y'all remember that joint? Baller, shot, caller. That joint used to be fire. But that's, that's straight southern screwed and chopped fried chicken hip-hop. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry. Yeah. But man, that whole idea of God being the shot caller in the group. It means that when we get there, we don't bring our opinions to the table as that which weighs the most. <laughs> you can have an opinion, but we can't live by it. <laughs> Help me today. When you're in fellowship with gospel people who walk with Jesus, we are all, no matter what your governing place in the church is, are submitting to the central principles of this. But it's called the fellowship, also meaning that it's local. You know, <laughs> that means, that means when we say local, we mean four things. Hear me. The fellowship is relational. <laughs> You're going to do, you can't read this text without feeling a deep sense of connectivity of people to people. That's why church hurt hurt different because it's both physical and it's spiritual. And so you, you get double hurt when you get hurt. But, 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 but when it's good, it's good though. Let's not just talk about how it feels when it hurts. What about when it's really good? You know, I can remember, I could remember being in, uh, when I first became a believer and I was, uh, I started going to, started getting nurtured by First Baptist Church of Highland Park in Landover, Maryland. Amen, amen. And I was up in that mug and I went to everything, singles ministry, youth ministry, wherever they can have. I even went, took the baptism class 10 times just to be around other believers. I'm just being, I'm telling you, I was, I was different. I was different. I was around the believers. But I, I, and I worked a job and I, and I got a 3.9 that semester. <laughs> But, but, but so, so I wouldn't neglect. See, you can be deep in with God's people and not neglect your life. See, many of us make excuses about going deep with God's people because we think our life outside of gospel community needs attention. And, and we don't realize that sometimes we're out there and we're being influenced and we waste away. And I'm not saying every day you got to be at the church. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about in our lives, now that we're gathering together, let's make this thing a priority when we have stuff. Because y'all know I don't have y'all up here every day of the week. I ain't into that. I, ain't, I, don't, I, I want you to grow up being the church, not going to church. Oh, help me. Help me today. All the time. So, so it's relational. And I remember building those relationships, and I remember those relationships had an impact on me. The campus ministry that was on my campus had a deep impact on me. Uh, to this day, uh, um, I remember going, uh, when I went to Texas and went to uh, Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship, and while I was in seminary there, and built the relationships of people in the choir. I was in the choir, but the, we didn't have small groups. Come on. You know, old black church, we ain't had no small groups. You just came to stuff as you served, and that was your small group. Yeah. Oh, ain't nobody gonna talk back who remember. And if you were in the choir, we didn't come to practice. We came to worship. Now, see, y'all don't know what I'm talking about. 
See, when we went to practice, we didn't just go there to learn the words. We would have chaplain time. We would have holding, we would lock arms and pray with one another. And if somebody was going through something, we'd stop the song and lay hands on them and surround them as a community. And, and you, you know you get one of them loud ones in there that go before the Lord and shake the whole room up like a tornado and all of us shouting, then we start singing and then we start, then we, and somehow we spent less time on practice and more time on community and got up Sunday and wrecked the church. <laughs> See, that's, that's the beauty of being in community and fellowship with you. And those things have marked me. Marked me. I'm who I am today because some people told me I was trifling. And I didn't leave when they told me. I didn't call it trauma when they told me. Listen, y'all wouldn't have, listen, y'all would, some of y'all wouldn't have survived in our choir practices. If you couldn't sing, they told you in front of 50 people and yelled at you and played your note really hard. Y'all ain't see, but, but know what I, know, but know what, know what, know, know what I felt though? Even though I was frustrated, I, I knew I was loved. See, that's, that's what we're talking about. We talk about the fellowship, a local community. You can't, you can't call somebody else in California your pastor. Listen, somebody said, you my, you my internet pastor. No, I'm not. Because the person you under, when you go to God, they're going to have to give an account for you, not Eric Mason. You watched me. I didn't pastor you. <laughs> now, I don't, I, don't, I don't stop people from following, but, but, but we need to be locally plugged into the fellowship. <laughs> because when you're, when you're plugged into the fellowship, then there's a knowability and even an enjoyment, and it's dope. It's amazing. Local is also physical. Hallelujah. That means we got to come together at some point, Right? But it's also accessible. Is it, it isn't made hard for people to get connected. That's the other side of it. You know, we can't make it hard for people. When you look at this text, you, you just see the flow of fellowship. It's like, come on in. You know, I know we got all of our little paperwork and stuff. And, and it's important to keep count numbers and all of that stuff. But I don't ever want us to lose the fact that being the church is creating a place of belonging for people. That's what it is. The, the thing that made the church unique, and I'm getting ahead of myself, is that the church is the only place that the person that got laughed at on the streets can come and feel like a superstar. That's what it's supposed to be like. That's the beauty of that. And the church is also a place of accountable accountability. That's why I said the church of God at. It didn't just say the church, right? In the epistles. So it said, and the breaking of bread. I love this. Because this idea of the breaking of bread was, of course, they took their, they ate a lot. The church, man, they must have, they must have been Baptists back then. <laughs> because they had a lot of potlucks. They had a lot of potlucks. But one of the things that's interesting <laughs> about the breaking of bread is, 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 is they didn't, because they didn't formalize Sunday morning worship like we do now. I want to give you context. Y'all still trekking with me? Um, they, they would just go to, to Sabbath services and they would go to the temple on uh, uh, different days. But, they, but they, what they would do is they would eat together and in the midst of that, they would have spontaneous communions. And so they, would, they had, it was always wine and bread with the church. Church always had wine, they always had bread, right? And what they would do is they would begin in the midst of their festal, festival meal is making sure that their fellowship was always centered on Jesus, so they would have a spot. They didn't have a communion service. They had a time where they constantly pointed themselves and poured themselves in that reality. And what began to happen as this happened is people from different walks of life were in the room. That means people of different ethnic persuasions and different socioeconomics of persuasions. Now, this may not seem anything special to you, but in their day, that was a big deal because the church you a rich person eating with a poor person a Jewish person eating with a non-Jewish person was crazy and they would have to ask themselves why is this going on because usually you eat with those who are economically like you and you eat with those who are ethnically like you even when you look in the Old Testament it says that the Egyptians when Joseph brought them in the Egyptians didn't even eat with them 
because that was the culture. But what did the church do? The Holy Spirit comes on the scene, Christ comes at the middle, and then the rich person tells the poor person, come sit at my table. Now, what does that do? It creates a countercultural ethic. What is a countercultural ethic? That's what we're called to do. We're not supposed to go with the flow of the culture. We're like salmon. We flow against the river. I don't know if you ever seen a salmon, a salmon, you ever, who likes salmon up in this mug? Woo, salmon. I like a salmon. I don't know if you ever, you ever, you ever watched them videos where the bear is on the top of the, the waterfall and the salmon just, just they, they wiggling up against the current. Wiggling, they jump out the water and the, and the, and the, and the bear go, I don't mean grab them or you miss them. But know what I like about the salmon is they don't, they don't go with the flow of the current. They go against the Kermit. Matter of fact, God built them with the muscular capacity to go against the current. I don't know if you know this, but your spirit has the muscular capacity to go against the current of the way things in this culture go. Listen, we have a countercultural worldview. If they redefine the family, we keep it the same. That, that's, that's what we do. If they tell a black person or a white person, y'all can't be with each other, guess what we do? We say that's not in the Bible. Even if your preference is something different. Oh y'all, I got, it's quiet on that part. It's tight, but it's right. And we never choose our ethnicity physically over our ethnicity spiritually. Oh, y'all should have jumped up and shouted on that part. But I know we're still going through some things culturally, but I got to be countercultural verbally. Amen. We're a city within a city. <laughs> that means there may be a big city, Philadelphia, but you are a city. Within that city, a countercultural city. If there is a community. Yeah, we got a community, but you are a countercultural community. And we're a community with purpose. Deep purpose. And so that's what we're supposed to see. You supposed to, we supposed to create such countercultural culturalism is when people get used to how Christians are, they say, are Christians supposed to do that when you're not doing it? That's how you know you've, you've branded Christianity rightly. When non-believers are confused by you not being countercultural. You ever went somewhere and you was doing something you had no business and somebody said, I thought you were a Christian. Oh, ain't nobody going to talk back. I thought you were a Christian. You said, I thought so too, you know, right? <laughs> Right, nowadays. <laughs> but, but, but what am I saying, family? Do you know there is a, there's an expectation for us to be us? Almost like even a desire, I gotta move. Verse 43. Y'all still with me, ain't you? <laughs> Everyone was filled with awe. I love this. I'm just gonna lightly explain these. Everyone was filled with awe. And many wonders and signs were being performed. I love this through the apostles. Listen to this. Everyone's filled with awe because of their experience with God, the body, and ministry fruitfulness. We're going to look at that in a second. God, his word, the body, fellowship, and ministry fruitfulness, signs and souls. Let me tell you something. <clears throat> I know we try to act like experience is invalid, but here it shows us that what you experience is very, very valid. They were in awe for a reason. They were in awe, uh, because, and, and it says, and many signs and wonders, they were all filled with awe, and many signs and wonders were being performed by the disciples. They, the, the, the reverent fear of God touched them all, and many signs and wonders happened. What is the sign and wonders for? It's things that affirm the message of the gospel. We need things to happen that affirms the message of the gospel. That, that some, some of those can be supernatural signs and natural signs. One of the things that we were working through during the pandemic is, God, um, are you still with us in certain ways when it comes to ministry? And as we were praying through that and working through that, somebody gave $120,000 for us to do an after-school program. Oh, you ain't talking back. And we said, God, you know, you know how we are. We like Israel. <clears throat> we, we, we like the manna, but we ain't got no meat. You know how we can be. God, are you still with us? Because we we're so easily discouraged and frail and forget what God has done. <laughs> so God, God said, I'm going to do something else for y'all. You're, you're stupid behind because you won't believe me. Then he sends the city to give us $400,000 to do work deeper in our program. To That's a miracle. That's a miracle. It's a miracle. 
500 people got killed last year. 500 people, and it's rising to the same tide this year. And in the midst of being in our community, God blessed us to work with our community to start a boxing program. That boxing program gets the attention of the city. Someone here helped us work on getting the grants that goes to the church. They happened to just join during the pandemic. They worked with the city because they knew all the link. I ain't know none of that stuff. I'm in mean, the thing, like looking at the thing. Somebody help me. I don't know what to say at this part. And that person just, just said, that's okay, pastor. And then all of a sudden, you, you have been rewarded to help with the mental health of people dealing with violence in your city. People say the church don't do nothing. Here come a miracle for us to be in re reinvigorated, to serve our city to the name of God. That's why we need people connecting with it. It can't just be what we do. Because some of us, we like that the church does it, but we don't do it. So we need all of our hands to the plow. We need all of our hands to the plow. Look what it says. I, I don't know why this, this hit different, like y'all say. This hit different. Look what it says in verse 44. It says, now all the believers were together. All of them were. I don't think us, we've all ever been together as a church. But, but, but for all, and they held all things in common. Look, look at what happens. <coughs> they sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds as any had need. They became sacrificial. Sacrificial in their giving, in their investment. <clears throat> One of the things I try to tell people I saw a video um, of, a, of a young lady <clears throat> with Black Lives Matter, and she was saying, um, you know, if your church doesn't do anything in the community, stop supporting it. People clapped. And I was like, I know that statement's popular, but that's not even a biblical statement. Do you know that? You know that's not a biblical statement. If your church is not doing something, stop giving. Because the idea behind that is I'm giving to the church in a transactional way, number one. That's number one. The Bible never makes giving transactional. God, if you do this, you have to, they have to do this with it. This is not the United Way campaign. Listen, this ain't, this ain't some, you know, this, I mean, this, this, no, this no shade. This is not the Save the Children Fund. <clears throat> where you give based on a particular personal preferential mission. Our giving is the Bible, my Bible says, I don't know what y'all say, but mine says, honor the Lord. Stop. It's not, giving isn't based on how you feel about the ministry. Now, the ministry should be good stewards but I want to redirect your heart on why they gave. They viewed their giving as to God. They didn't go straight to people. This is why they didn't, this is why you'll see, they didn't give the money straight to people. They did it a particular way. They viewed the local community as the new storehouse. And they took it and laid it at the apostles' feet. I'm not asking you to lay anything at my feet right now. You can lay it on the app, amen. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but they saw their investment as Godward. This is, this is to God. Yet, we should be held accountable for proper stewardship. Yes. Yes. However, I want us to change because giving feels different when you're not just giving to something of your preference. When you view it as worship, it's, it just switches your... See, this is why we gather because you feel it different when you giving to God in the, in, the, in, the, in the auspices of the local community and see its impact on people as well. So they have sacrificial giving because they saw what their giving did in the lives of people and it continued to motivate their giving, of course. It says every day devoted themselves. Listen, this word devoted is everywhere. Devoted themselves. There that plural pronoun goes again. To meeting together and in the, in the temple, they broke bread from house to house they ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts. Listen, you know, hey, they, if they can go to church, we can go to church. When we break something down real quick, 
Let me break this down. If, we, if they can gather, we can gather. In our world, we got transportation. We got ready foods options. Ready right now. We got Snap Fresh and this one that can do this and that. Uh, our sense of time is more precise. We got great communication outlets. We could just, like I just, just say, send this out real quick. <laughs> and we, 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 dedicate, we got dedicated facilities for ministry. They ain't had none of that. We got semi-Christian friendly culture. We have multiple ways to feed children now. There's not one way a woman can feed a child. We got Similac and all of that. We got Gerber and everything. I'm going to say this is for a reason. I'm saying this. <laughs> During a pandemic, we got tech communication. But their world was different. This is what they went through to gather. Transportation was the exception, not the rule. It was the exception. Food prep was a massive undertaking. If you ask somebody for a slice of bread, there was not necessarily a loaf. <laughs> they had to make that joint. Time was judged. Communication took longer. If I said, let's gather, do you know how long the word would take to get out for that to happen? Scattered and informational meeting locations. Uh, not Christian friendly. Very little means besides the norm to feed kids. And then pandemic calls scattered and people had to find one another. And we live in a privileged world. We live in a privileged world. If they went through, what my point is, is if what they had to go through to gather is a massive undertaking. What we have to go through to gather is a, you get a text message, Epiphany Fellowship's regathering at this time on Sunday. Check in if you want to come. Click, click. Yes. Info, oh, your phone even automatically puts your name in, first name, your name, last name, boom. Your address, boom. Your phone number, boom. That's it. It's done. But we still complain. But guess what? We got to ease it. I love it when we get together. And guess what happened when they got together? They were praising God, shouting is good, family and enjoying favor with all the people. Unbelievers were coming around because they could not believe the nature of what was happening during the believer's life. And it said, every day the Lord added to their number. That means they opened up their mouth. You know what God has been convicting me on? For being a chump and a wuss. But sometimes I know, I've been praying, God opened up the door for the word. God opened up the door for the word. Then God give me, he removed everybody from the store for me to talk to the person. And I chicken out. You ever been there? Yeah, been there. I, I, I want my, this is when we talk about simplicity. I'm, God is taking me back to the basics. Just the basics. I want to bring 20, 30, 50 people. I, I want to see people coming to Jesus. <laughs> the community was attractional. This is our heritage family. And last but not least, why we need to fight to remain and resume our gatherings. We're embodied creatures. It's not good for us to be alone. It's not good for us to be alone. We're embodied creatures. The church is one body. The Bible consistently teaches that the church is Christ's body on earth, and each believer is a different part of it. If we're the body, we need one another as parts of that body. We can't be the body through a screen. We can't. It's good that we have technology, and I'm not trying to convict us. I'm just trying to get us to show the beauty of us coming together. The Spirit is drawing us. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, inhabits the church and he has always drawn us into unity, not division. We are a spiritual family. Families aren't meant to be separated. When we were away from each other, I felt separated from y'all. I felt separate. I got depressed about it. It wasn't just about preaching. I wanted to see y'all. I want to look in your face, hear your story about what something happened. A post that we, I may have looked on your page. Tell me more about that. The post isn't enough. You're more than a post. I want to hear it from your mouth in your presence. I miss it. I miss hands being lifted together. I love Amber and the team leading us in the, in all the earth. You can't do that through no Zoom. That thing will get confused. Zoom be like, what the? Tenors and altos and sopranos. You can't get that at home, family. Amen. I love it. And the preaching moment, it just, it, it, it do feel different. You know, y'all know what it's like, nobody being there. Hello, 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 hello. 
I got to act like y'all here. Somebody's out there saying amen somewhere. <laughs> See this right here. See this? See that? Clapping and loud. I love it. Let me soak it up. Let me soak it. This is beautiful. This is beautiful. This is... Oh, I love it. I love it. God is good. God is good. I love it. It's beautiful. Nothing like singing together, even the off no people. Behind me, on the side of me, in all the earth. I don't know what you I'm just glad you, the Bible said let everything. Some of y'all, y'all joint ain't on no keyboard, but God is good. I can't wait to see another baptism. It's nothing like not having to go in the fridge and grab some weird juice <laughs> and some, a cookie, an Oreo, some crazy, like I understand, but it's something about getting that joint in your hand and looking around you, everybody peeling back at the same time, yag out, wag out, everybody together. You understand? I love it. I also like watching us do our job together. Love watching us serve. Love watching us serve together. I'm done. Our worship is a witness. Just us walking into this building is a witness. <laughs> They're there. I've heard people in the neighborhood say, when they see me, you're the pastor there? I say, yes. You got a lot of young people going in there. People of different colors. How, how did you get that? I said, I don't know. It's called the gospel. <laughs> the gospel. <laughs> Greetings. Even just being greeted changes a life. So things for this year, family, we want to master Sunday. We want to master midweek. We want to connect communally and we want to minister locally. We want to, we want to master Sunday. We want to come back again. We're going to have some glitches. Be gracious to our media team. Let's thank God for them. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. You got to do better than that. Our media team. One of, the things, one of the things leaders have to be careful of is when a, when, a, when, a, when a media team is refiguring something out because impression is important, you could crush people. It was a mistake made today. We love them and appreciate the work that they have been doing because if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have no streaming. So we bless the Lord for them. Thank the Lord for our worship team. Let's thank the Lord for our worship team. Amen. Amen. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Let's thank the Lord for some of the ministries that kept us connected. Stand up, Dr. Sarita. Thank you for salt, keeping the women connected. Come on, somebody. Numanity team, stand up. Thank you for keeping us connected. <clears throat> Hospitality team, thank you for keeping us connected when we come in the door. Security team, people cleaning. Who, listen, I'm trying to name as many. We appreciate you. <coughs> Children's ministry, youth ministry, we thank all of our ministries. Small group leaders. Leading small groups through Zoom, showing up when there's less people. Come on. We're absolutely thankful. And listen, I don't, you know, I don't believe in the name and claim it, grab it, grab it, but I am, I do believe in faith. And I'm believing that this year is going to be unparalleled for us. I'm trusting God for new open doors a new and deeper level of connection with one another. New tr God transforming us in ways and hands to the plow that are new. We're going to see some dishpan hands. Dishpan hands mean you ain't never serve. <laughs> so if you ever had somebody touch your hand, you ain't got no calluses. You wash dishes, don't you? That's what you say to me. But we're going to see all hands to the plow. I'm believing God for it. I'm excited. Well, let's get our hearts and minds ready for communion. Communion is a celebration of Christ's death. 
Um, everybody has communion that wants it. If you're here today, hold your hand up if you don't have it so we can, our ladies will get that to you. If you're here today and you don't know Christ as Savior, one of the greatest, greatest um, <clears throat> miracles is to be born again. If you don't know Jesus, we ask that you would place your confidence in him. If you're online, I'm going to just tell you right now, you can, you can go ahead and the search team will connect with you. If you, <clears throat> under the sound of my voice, we got two, two or three leaders up here. Four, <clears throat> please come to them. We'd love to talk to you more about Jesus Christ. Um, let us stand to our feet. Anyone that didn't receive communion, hold your hand up. So one of our great team also want to publicly acknowledge somebody. Brother Brazil, can you stand here real quick? Can you come here, brother? I want to say this real quick. Brother Brazil um, just transitioned out of his role, but he's still here at the church. And I want to publicly acknowledge the last 13 years of service. Come on, somebody. Let's give God glory for him. And I got a gift for you. Let's give God a, uh, let's give God a big hand praise for our brother. We appreciate you, brother. <laughs> if you ever saw a light bulb that was out and got put on, him. If you ever seen any, the drywall redone and painted, it was him. If you see rugs laid, it was him. So if, if, it was, if your bathroom said out of order on it, he put it on there. And if you saw it working the next week, it was him. So let's give God glory for our brother. <laughs> Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, took the bread. And he gave it to his disciples. He said, this is my body. It's my body. It belongs to me. And it was given for you. Let us eat together. After the Passover meal, <laughs> he took the cup and he said, this is my blood. That's what it represents. Blood of a new and everlasting covenant which was shed for you and for many for the remission of sins. Let us drink. Well, God, <clears throat> it is nothing like being yours. It's nothing like it. It's also nothing like, because we, we don't just belong to you, we belong to one another. And our gatherings actually remind us of that. Our gatherings remind us that we belong to you and we belong to one another. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all you ask or think according to the power that's at work within you. To him be glory in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless y'all. Take care. Have a great week. Uh, 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 um, look out for updates that will be coming in the next few days. Hello, this is Dr. Eric Mason, founder of Passive Epiphany Fellowship. Thank you for tuning in today. Hopefully the word of God was a blessing to you. Also, if you want to help us build the kingdom from Philly and beyond, particularly in inner cities, partner with us today. And if you don't know Jesus as Savior, based on his death, burial, and resurrection, place your confidence in him and go from spiritual death to spiritual life. Tune in next time so we can see you go from spiritual infancy to spiritual maturity. God bless you. Take care. We love you.